Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Exploding Tire, Episode 3. Just want to give a shout-out to all our friends over in Heroes of the Storm. Big week for you guys. You got Junkrat. He has, he has left the confines of Junkertown and also the confines of one of the best heroes in the history of Overwatch, and he's headed your direction, and he's pretty rad over there. So I just would like to say congratulations. One of the best Overwatch characters is now one of the best Heroes of the Storm characters, for sure. Uh, welcome to episode three. There's a bunch to talk about today. We'll get to the news in a second. Also, today's uh, going to have an interesting little bit in the uh, middle of the show-ish, where I, probably not middle, toward the end, where I'll do an interview with a good friend. His name is Steve Hamaker. He's an artist. He's a colorist. You know his work from all kinds of comic book projects and his own work. Uh, he's pretty amazing. He and I sat down and we talked about Overwatch and why the art in Overwatch matters. And not just matters a little, matters a lot. Like, matters a whole lot. And uh, it was a fun conversation. I'm very excited for you to hear it. So we'll get to that in a bit. But first... All right, let's get right into it. There were some patch notes that were released this week in the midst of the big Halloween event. Skin contest, nightmare, Junkerstein deal. Junkenstein, rather, sorry. Uh, so some social things happen. Players can now set their social status to online, away, busy, or appear offline. This is now part of this game. They're doing it kind of across the board. All the Blizzard things are going to be this way. Uh, note this, though. Appearing offline does not prevent friends from seeing you if you are placed in the same match. So if you guys are in the same match, even against each other, uh, you'll still you'll be able to see each other in that regard. But anyway, this option can be found under the social menu within Overwatch proper. Uh, there were big hero updates. Some of these we talked about briefly or discussed last week as something that was coming. Uh, first of all, Lucio got his wall ride changes. The speed boost that Lucio receives after completing a wall ride has been increased by 65 freaking percent. 65 percent! That's crazy. I should start riding walls. I don't do that very often. I usually do it as just kind of a dumb thing to do, but now I want to use it. Anyway, this, uh, this change compensates for the reduced speed of the uh, recent uh, wall ride problem that they had as a bug that got tweaked. Everyone said, oh, I lost all the speed. Well, now this helps compensate for that. Guardian Angel is happening for Mercy. Players can now glide past a target using ally, or sorry, using the jump key. So think of it as slingshotting forward and cooldown no longer resets when Resurrect is activated. Uh, Valkyrie got affected by no longer resetting or reducing Resurrection's cooldown. Valkyrie no longer resets or reduces this, this cooldown. Instead, it now provides an extra charge, they say in the quoted notes, allowing you to revive uh, an ally even if it's still on cooldown. If the bonus charge has not been spent when Valkyrie ends, it will be removed. Essentially, you've wasted it. These have worked fine for me. Do not mind these changes. Zenyatta got some changes. Additional voice lines for cultist Zenyatta. Not much else there, though. As far as other hero stuff, there was a bug preventing Mercy's momentum from slowing down correctly when uh, Guardian Angel was canceled. And they fixed a bug preventing uh, the visual effects on Sombra's pumpkinette victory pose. I hope I'm saying that right. From displaying correctly, and that is no longer an issue. So, light notes, really, except major changes to Mercy and a slight change to, to Lucio. But I feel like every, every one of these changes lately is all about, hey, what happened to Mercy this week? What's Mercy's, what What nerf slash buff did Mercy get today? Next week, we'll find out if there's more. Mm -hmm. 
Blizzard is taking some legal action against the makers of an app it claims is too similar to, to Overwatch. I'm surprised it took this long. There are a bunch of these. There's not just the one. But Blizzard China, the offices over there, believe that the app violates its intellectual property and China's unfair competition, competition law. Competition. <laughs> this is all according to a brand new report by C uh, PC Watch. This came from Kotaku. That's where I got it. It states that Blizzard wants the app to be removed from the iOS App Store and Google Play. Blizzard China is also seeking financial compensation and, a, and an apology in the report. Um, the apology thing must be a, a local thing. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Even the maps these guys are on are, like, straight up. <laughs> Overwatch is called Heroes of War. Or, sorry, Heroes of Warfare. And uh, you got the dude that looks just like uh, uh, everybody. There's there's Widowmaker. She's not a dude, but, you know. Uh, there's what looks to be ripoffs of every kind of character there is. There's a tracer type. Uh, the guy looks just like, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name all of a sudden with his big shield. Uh, get behind me, that guy. I mean, it is a ripoff. You can't see, you can't hear this uh, if you're listening to the audio. Over, oh, there is no video version, so you're not seeing this no matter what. But man, it's funny. Go look up Heroes of Warfare and see if you think I'm lying. Because I ain't lying, son. <laughs> it's really egregious. I don't know how you deal with this, though, because the laws are so different over there and it's so easy for this stuff to, to happen, right? So... I don't know how they get around it. I don't know what you do. Maybe this is what you do. This is maybe what you're supposed to do. What they're doing now is what you do. Good luck, Blizzard. You're going to need it. Looks like Team Deathmatch will return to Overwatch. I don't know about you. When I logged in and saw that it was out of the arcade area, I went, whoa, but, 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 but. I was a little frustrated by that move. Jeff Kaplan took to the forums to respond to a post by a Battle.net user uh, who was requesting that Team uh, Deathmatch be brought back. Now, single-player, free-for-all is in there, okay? That's still there, but the Junkenstein logo took over for Team Deathmatch. Kaplan outright confirmed that this particular game mode and such uh, others like 1v1 mode and so on will be making their way back into the rotation, but he did not specify any sort of time frame. He later expanded on this initial comment, though, and he said uh, this could include CTF and basically all modes are on the table for making a return. Now, here's why I'm bugged by this. It's a short-term Band-Aid. It doesn't actually answer the needs that people want, which is put Team Deathmatch in as a permanent mode. I think it's good enough to do that. In fact, of all the things they put in arcade or all the things they've experimented with outside of the core game, Team Deathmatch and Free For All have been in my mind, the most um, uh, the most official, the most finished feeling, the most um, deserving of a permanent spot. I'm not saying replace the push and pull modes and all that uh, stuff from the main game and replace it with this. I'm not saying that. Okay. But I am saying there's absolutely no reason why you can't have that in there as a more permanent fixture. The short-term, medium-term fix is just making sure these modes can show up again, he says. That's a weird response. Short term. Hmm. Uh, later, uh, he was comment or quoted as saying, uh, that, and he clarified this, uh, that they made it go away because it isn't a balanced game mode. In particular, he emphasized how many players find it uh, or find that facing six stacked divas is not very fun. I understand that, and they know way more than me about balance. But at the end of the day, 
I sure uh, could go for more of that. Team Deathmatch, bring it back. Uh, there's a trademark filing. It might reveal the next name of the team in the Overwatch League. Looks like Miami's getting their thing going. Miami Mayhem, potential Overwatch League team name based on a trademark application in the United States Patent and Trademark Office. The Overwatch League team in Miami could be named, like I said, Miami Mayhem. Uh, the application was filed on October 10th by Esports Play LLC, and uh, the goods and services listed under the trademark include the following. Computer programs for video and computer games, various clothing items and accessories, bags and backpacks, and entertainment services in the nature of organizing and conducting organized multiplayer video game competitions. I think the word organized might be redundant there, but who am I to say? I'm no lawyer. So we have no idea for sure, but it looks likely. Uh, trademarks were filed in recent weeks for the San, Fran San Francisco Shock, the Los Angeles Gladiators, and the New York Excelsior. They should call themselves the Stan Lees. <laughs> anyway, all potential Overwatch League teams based on the applications. So this would seem about right. Uh, the Miami franchise, by the way, belongs to Misfit CEO Ben Spoont. Uh, per Blizzard's rules, every Overwatch team is obliged to make a new brand specifically for the Overwatch League. The Shock, the Dallas Fuel, and the Shanghai Dragons have all done their names. So why not Miami? I suppose we can make that happen soon. I, you know, I don't I don't know. I feel like uh, that's a fine name. It's fine. What, are they, what else do we want? The Dolphins? The Heat? Those are taken. What else you got down there? Uh, the Pretty Lights. The Hurricanes. No offense to anyone caught in a hurricane. Uh, you could do the, uh, our state looks like a wiener. I mean, really, the <laughs> the options, they're limitless. Hey, everybody, as promised, an interview with my buddy Steve Hamaker. You may know him as the colorist and uh, artist of yore, somebody who's done a lot of great work on a lot of projects. If you've read Bone and seen any of the color versions of Bone, you've seen his work. If you've read the Plox comic, you've seen uh, his incredible range of art. And if you've uh, spent a little time doing a little D&D &D stuff and fun stuff with Scott Kurtz's comic, well, then you'd see his work there, too. Uh, and many, many, many other projects that I haven't even listed here. Uh, thanks for joining me, Steve. Hey man, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been Appreciate a it. we've been we've been friends for a while. Back way back in the day, used to listen to the instance and and we started yeah. talking Warcraft and uh, before you know it, Steve and I would play a bunch of uh, games together. And the one constant of it all was always like this mutual admiration we would have for Blizzard's aesthetic when it came to their games, to their characters, to their worlds. Yeah. And I couldn't think of anybody better to have on to talk about this, given. Uh, I what I think is your unique eye toward especially especially color and and um, and sort of composition and how mm -hmm. something how something looks immediately to your eye, which is enough to draw you into a world or to a story. Right. And I, you know, coming from that perspective, Blizzard has always seemed to f not favor. What's the word? They they've championed the idea. That, nailed it yeah they've always nailed it <laughs> they've always nailed it but they've always had this they've always seemed to have held high this this idea mm -hmm. that artists matter a lot more yeah. than not more than programmers not more than back-end guys not more than that stuff because that stuff matters too obviously there's no game yeah. without it but 
Sure. But they it all starts with concept art. It all starts with artists who are throwing ideas around. Even Chris Metzen back in those early days, yeah. it would be a sketch before it would become thrall or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really it too. It, it was those kind those guys kind of set the pace um not just for the art but for the company. Like it was almost like the company used them as the batteries, you know, mm-hmm. like that was their energy source. And, sure. Um cuz those guys really did drive the not just the look, just because they drew pictures, but the feel, the energy of the art that they were creating was inspiring everyone down the line. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was kind of happening, you know, the other way too. Maybe maybe the the tech guys were also inspiring the art guys. I'm sure that was happening also, but mm-hmm. it's the lifeblood of Blizzard. Yeah, and I have a feeling you're right about the tech end. Like, I'm sure they would come forward even even more recently with newer projects and say, you guys, mm-hmm. look what we're doing here. Can you believe we can make this actually happen? And then story right. guys and quest guys or whatever the game may be, they get excited about it. Yeah. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's almost like, where is any of this without concept art or without a, a, what we think, uh, especially in, in Overwatch, what we think these characters who are going to be the bread and butter of this game, yeah. literally and figuratively, like down the road, their money-making uh, proposition is, buy our game because it's a great shooter and it looks really cool. Now yeah. keep playing it and spending money on it because we're giving you rad art to put on the characters you already love. Yeah. And yeah. and and without that, that game's not nothing. It's not nothing, but there are plenty of good shooters out there that make you kind of feel ho-hum about them. Um, yeah. I think it's just, like I said, it's the energy behind it. It's the It's like the philosophy that they have about characters. And it's not just the art. I think the... I think the I think they're really good at telling stories with art, not mm. necessarily sequentially, but like you can look at a character and immediately understand that it's a good guy or bad guy, uh, or maybe you don't understand if it's a good guy or bad guy, but that's still telling a story, mm-hmm. um, or still making you you know want to find out about the character or find out about the world. Um, and Overwatch, especially, like it's a pretty simple story backstory anyway like it doesn't require you know like a campaign to do a bunch of quests and you know find out where everybody's backstory is like in intricate detail mm-hmm. but you still get that information like eventually mm-hmm. you're getting it from the interactions between the characters if they're talking to each other or just the just the world and the art that is kind of communicating it to you like by osmosis in a way. Yeah, like, you just it, see it, it's it's really weird. You I, see a character like Winston. Describe, if you but. see Winston show up, you're like, yeah. "Oh, he's good and <laughs> he's got glasses and seems smart." Like you immediately right. kind of get these ideas. The one yeah. example that I love the most is uh it was obvious that Reaper was a bad guy, right? <laughs> right? Like immediately you're like, "Oh, well duh, this guy is right. bad." But then right. they come out with this Reyes skin at mm. la- at launch and you went yeah. yeah, but there's more to him. There's story exactly. here that we don't know yet. And yep. your brain fills in these corners. Like it's it's like Blade Runner or Mad Max or something where the world is so is the world building is is so smart that I'm mm-hmm. allowed to fill in the blanks without big holes. Like I don't have to wonder if I'm wrong right. or not. I can kind of go there with them and I can get there sometimes ahead of when they're actually telling me these things. And at the yep. end of the day. To me, it's like Star Wars. I mentioned this pre-show when we were talking, but I'm going to use this comparison. Star Wars, we're both big fans of Star Wars. We you know, grew up with the stuff for heaven's sakes. I'm going to make an argument here that's a little controversial, but I'm going to make it anyway. <laughs> the movie itself, the original episode for A New Hope, uh, or just A New Hope was what it was called at the time. There was no episode yet. Um, is 
if you really, really are honest about it, it's not that big of a deal story-wise. Like, it's just kind of pretty standard. It's right. based on some previous tropes. It's not like they broke the, the, the fourth wall with this incredible stuff. What they did do, however, was establish a world, uh, made a world that I wanted to live in, mm -hmm. but there are two elements to it that just put it over the top, and that was in an era where everybody was using synthy kind of poopy music for their science fiction movies and television yeah. things. Mm -hmm. They went with a fully orchestrated uh, piece by John Williams. Right. That music became iconic and important, but it was also perfectly suited for the tone of what they were giving us. And it helped in ways that people didn't notice. The same goes for sound design. Mm -hmm. uh, the sounds of Star Wars are still among the most unique things you'll ever hear in your life. And it's, yeah. it's nobody ever quite matched it. And even Star Wars itself in these days starts to feel like, well, they're just doing it again. But that initial stuff was so groundbreaking. And in my mind, it's not that different than what art does for a game like Overwatch. In a way, it elevates everything without you having to really notice that it's being elevated. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. I think it's also similar to Star Wars. What, what George Lucas did with Star Wars was, like you said, he's using a lot of tropes. He's using a lot of old, not tricks, but things about storytelling that hadn't really been put together in that way. Right. And Overwatch is the same way. It, it packaged a bunch of stuff that we all liked and didn't realize we would like it all together. Mm -hmm. Like I love street fighter and I love, uh, you know, halo or quake. I didn't realize I wanted my quake and my street fighter to be together. You know, <laughs> like that was like a kind of a simple idea that hadn't really been done to that point. I mean, I guess technically team fortress two was sort of like it's kind of, I feel like it's like the the grandfather of of this game and mm -hmm. and the idea that that kind of feel mm -hmm. right that the animated like I'm playing you know like the Incredibles world or something like that animated world so that idea was already had already been kind of done but sure uh, as far as the simplicity of it because Overwatch is very easy to just you know play you could just jump in and play there's not a ton mm -hmm. of controls to figure out and you know meta really to understand you can just do you can play if yeah. you're into shooters you can just play. you can get in there and you can have a good time and it's it's pretty yeah. immediately noticeable the kind of good time you're having and yeah. if, and you want to take it from there that's great too because there is also depth but that's the blizzard way easy to get into right. hard to master and they do it better there than just about anybody but the comparison to team fortress is a good one however uh here's where they elevated or again took it to a, a different place Team Fortress 2 did a great job of personalizing a character class mm -hmm. and saying, well, the heavy carries the big gun and he's funny and has a Russian accent. The right. demo loves blowing shit up and like across the board, you have these archetypes and they did a great job of creating character around those. But at the end of the day, you were still playing an archetype, not a character. Sure. And, yeah. and where whereas Overwatch swoops in and says, no, straight up. Like, if you want to be throwing, if you want to be chucking uh, chaos bombs into a, a yeah. mass of people, it's Junkrat, and here's why he's great, and here's why you're going to yeah. love him, and here's all the reasons why his personality is is going to be attractive to you as a player, or not. Like, he may, some people may be like, oh, I don't like Junkrat, so I'm going to play this other thing. The point is that you've got this kind of diversity of character that yeah. adheres to some of these old character class tropes, mm. yep. but does it in a way that is so flourished, so fleshed out, and mm -hmm. none of it works without this style they've uh, they've given it. This kind yeah. of art, this kind of 
Um, right. It's cartoony, but not. It's yep. it's exaggerated, but not. Like it's a really hard balance, and I I think it's hard. I've played other games that try to compete with Overwatch, especially recently, yeah. and I walk away unsatisfied most of the time because the personality isn't conveyed in a way. Yeah, I I don't know what it really is. I mean, for me, I was really when I first heard about Overwatch, I my first reaction was ew. No, and I'm not interested. Yeah. Like when at that BlizzCon that year, when I was there, when they unveiled it, I was like, "Yeah, it's it's pretty. I see what they're doing. I get it." But I was like, I, "It's not for me. Sure. It's just not for me." So it wasn't an immediate thing. Mm-hmm. There was something I don't even know what it was that happened to get me to pass that point and to get me to care about each of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it may have been the, you know, when they started doing the more individualized cinematics and that kind of stuff, because that's a huge, that's a huge deal for making you care about each character mm-hmm. or not, not even just each character, but just the world in, in itself. Like I don't play Winston like on a regular basis mm-hmm. if ever, but that, you know, that uh, cinematic with him just it explains so much mm-hmm. and also makes you instantly care about that character. Um, so I think that they're just, I mean, Blizzard is just using every tool in their belt right now to to do what, you know, what it is we're trying to figure out how they're doing. Sure. <laughs> you know, and it's, like, it's it's easy for a company, too, that spent 25 years building this aesthetic yeah, or building, building these strengths. But now they've got yeah. the money to hire mm-hmm. the best possible talent and yeah. and not compromise anything uh, that includes time, that includes right. money. So they can just do it. And that puts them in a very unique position i always want to say to these competitors it's like you're always chasing blizzard money and blizzard success but no one no one's ever chasing blizzard uh culture they just don't do it right well it's hard because they've like you say they've been around for so long and they're they've established themselves and they have this cred this cred with their audience so you've got somebody like me who they could come out with I don't even know what kind of game I would normally not play, but if they came out with some game, like, I don't know, like a puzzle game, or I love puzzle games. I don't know why I use that example, but <laughs> you know, like they could come out with some kind of candy crush rip off or something. And I'd probably be like, I'm doing it. I'm go- I'm all in. Oh, it's yeah. blizzard. You Heck know, yeah. like yeah. I would go for it. And I think that's kind of what I, that's the point I got to with overwatch was everybody keeps talking about it. And then I started watching like streams and, and sort of, you know, dipping my toe in that way to sort of see what the, the hype was all about because mm-hmm. again I, at the time when this came out i was really not into the shooter genre at all like sure. i am now heavy but i just wasn't interested it wasn't something i was you know if anything i would have been into it if it had had a campaign mode which it doesn't need and hopefully they never yeah. really do a full campaign mode i actually would love if they did like little side campaignish things that yeah. could be fun but or you know a full-blown yeah. offshoot i would play like if they yeah. if they said uh you know we're making a, a story-based uh the overwatch game a single player focused game yeah. that is alongside of this and it's you know 30 bucks i'm i could not be more in on that idea it'd be amazing right well they kind of did it with the, the the event like maybe two events ago where it was um like a flashback to oh the omnic uh omnic crisis yeah thing, the omnic yeah. thing omnic mm-hmm. crisis that was kind of that because it was like even though that was like a scenario that you just ran over and over. It was telling a story about the first time that those characters had fought together. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, again, it's like whether or not you care about that or are paying attention to it, it's there. And it's, I think it's, it's making a difference in the players 
investment in the, not just the characters, but the game itself. So. I, I, I agree. And it's crazy. You know, you think about what that was almost to be. It was almost Titan. Whatever Titan was going to be, that's what Overwatch became. And, and you start to think about, oh, man, just think of an MMO world with that. And then when this Omnic Crisis event and these other scenarios, even the Halloween yeah. scenario, it gives you a taste for what it could have been like to be raiding with your friends kind of destiny style in small yeah. skirmishes. Like it's a really compelling idea I that I don't know that they'll ever get to it. Uh, but it, it's something about that really compelling for me. And I, and I, and I do, I do wish I could go to earth two or wherever it was that Titan got finished. <laughs> or we could just get Chris Metz and, you know, a couple drinks and just sort of oh, yeah. get it out of him. Oh maybe. yeah. 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 No, I, I, I know that there is a way to his heart or at least to be anyway. I don't know if he's drinking now, but, but anyway, yeah, I, uh, so the, so the, the other thing I wanted to ask you from a, a very specific artist perspective, um, sure. for one example, you, you create an independent comic called Plocks, uh, one mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of. A lot of people have heard of, it's a it's a great comic with many characters in it. Um, when you create a character, mm. including your main character, which you know a lot of it is derived from you, mm -hmm. uh, what what is it you are trying to like? In other words, let me rephrase the question: when when Blizzard makes these characters, or when you make yours, is the goal always to just tap into normal human attachment? In other words, to say the reason. I love Tracer is she's so freaking positive or the reason I, uh, I like Reaper is because he's so damn negative. These are generalizations, but, but you know, right. like you, you find the thing that's, you find the humanity and then you yeah. build it from there. Is that true when you create comics as well? Cause that's the, the oh, impression yeah, yeah. I get is that that's true of these of character based sort of, you know, creation. Yeah. I, I'm actually having this, tr this problem right now because I, I created a character recently that I needed to be, kind of a bad guy and i normally don't like doing that like creating somebody that's just a bad guy just so the good guys have something to play off mm -hmm. but i kind of had to because of the way the story had progressed and i sort of in a way i, I feel like i maybe have ha had written myself into a corner in that way but um generally i don't like doing that and i and even if i do have a character that you could say you know oh, he's definitely the bad guy i want you to be able to relate to him or mm -hmm. or at least see his point of view a little bit, even if you don't agree with it, you could say, yeah, I can see why he's at least I can see why he's mad or I could see why he's happier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the, any, any of the, the story beats that you're trying to go for, you know, on your way to the end, if, if it's a plot driven story or whatever, if it's even if it's a character driven story, there's still an arc, you know, each character has an arc um, usually. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for me, it's yes, I, I want you to relate to them. Um, and I think Blizzard, I think that's why Blizzard succeeds with a, a game like this. And, and even Warcraft, they, they kind of, I don't know, they, they just know how to get you to care about the characters. Like a, a character like Thrall, for example, like he's kind of on the outside looking in. It's like, well, he's a, he's an orc. He's the bad guy. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, no, 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 no. Of course we know that's not true. You know, as, as Blizzard fans or as Warcraft fans, but you know, if if you're into Lord of the Rings, you know that there are no sympathetic orcs. Yeah, no such thing. Yeah. You know, there are there's no nobody on the bad guy's side is sympathetic. They're all trying to defeat good. You mm -hmm. know, they're all which is is fine because that story is is about other things. Sure. It's not about you know Warcraft is is literally about everybody's you know everybody's battle for freedom or justice or whatever. You know, on all sides, right. everybody's doing. 
and, and the reason why it's war craft is because they're all coming at these different angles mm -hmm. for different reasons, but they're all disagreeing, yeah. you know, like a rock, paper, scissors kind of thing. It's, and that's what Overwatch really is on, on a gameplay uh, point too. It's, it's rock, paper, scissors times however many characters there are. Yeah. You know, they're trying to balance it out, but they're also trying to balance out. Like, I feel like they're trying to balance out, you know, the good guys and the bad guys or the, maybe even the in-between guys like Reaper, you mentioned like, he's is he a bad guy was he always a bad guy yeah well soldier and reaper obviously mm -hmm. got some past let's find out do we know like i don't know we, we I don't can't know wait to find out we don't know we just know there's <laughs> we just know it's complicated right and yeah exactly yeah but that's all you need just to kind of spark that interest for well for somebody like me anyway yeah. like that's the kind of thing that just gets me going and and interested enough to say you know what you know i i want to play this character and then as a gamer it's also a super tight game, you know, like it's if it was a garbage game, you know, maybe we would also like, you know, that's the other consideration. It's like the art's great, but if the gameplay stinks, yeah, then you're you're you have nothing. So, so, so as a celebrated colorist, I'm curious about this, um, your answer to this question. They. Uh, they, they clearly went for the brights, right? Like this game is not messing around with the dull colors, the dark blues, the the yeah. the hazy brown orange worlds mm -hmm. of the Call of Duties of recent years, or the shooters of recent years, or have all sort of been in this hazy sort of darkened sure. world. And this is a very happy, bubblegummy looking place. Uh, there's there's sinister things you can do, but but generally speaking, the overall aesthetic has been bright and exciting and visceral. Um, do you, how much of a difference does that make? So as somebody who understands color like nobody I know, do you do you feel like that's just a, is that a huge draw, or, or do you, do you do you think even subconsciously people just see that and go, oh, I, I'd like to be in here. This seems like a nice place for me to be playing. Uh, I don't. That's a good question. Uh, it doesn't bother. I mean, it's beautiful, so it doesn't bother me aesthetically. Yeah. Um. I I appreciate the. I like the archetypes. Um even visual archetypes. I like seeing and immediately knowing like who the healer is like mercy. And again, everybody can have their different skins. Obviously you can have like a demon mercy if you want. So right. <laughs> maybe it gets a little more complicated in the meta, you know, down the road, but <laughs> you know, mercy is the healer like doing, you just look at her and it's like, she's white and gold, you know, she's and she has wings yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. like it's i'm glad I'm, I'm happy about it i'm okay with it because it's it's the characters are really well designed but they're very very simple mm -hmm. it's like street fighter mm -hmm. it's like this character is blue bong you know you just can't not see the blueness of Farah, mm -hmm. or you know the different you know like Junkrat has his like camo pant flaming hair thing <laughs> you know like they have like they each have their own color schemes uh, which are just easily, you know, differentiated from the other characters. But again, you have it doesn't really break the gameplay because if you're into the drab, then just get the skin of the, you know, the drab, uh, you know, sure. Genji sure. And it doesn't the, really it doesn't really affect the game either that yeah. that I'm matched up against um, a mirror image of myself. So in other words, I've got Junkrat right. fighting Junkrat makes right. no logical world sense. But sure, you don't care at that point because you you've parked your brain in all the right places and you've bought yeah. into this this world and the sound i i mean I, I i shouldn't i'd be remiss if i didn't at least mention that the sound work on oh. on overwatch and music work on overwatch is it's the best in the industry it's incredible it's so good it's so good i mean it really is like i i got to talk to metz and 
at that BlizzCon where they unveiled uh, Overwatch that morning. Yeah. Um, actually, I think it was Randy Randy Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, our friend Randy. Yeah. Uh, introduced me to him because he knew I wanted to meet him. And it was like, I talked to him for maybe four minutes. It wasn't like I had a conversation with him, but right. you know, he was, he was super like nervous about that, about that unveiling. Like it was a big deal because it was the first time Blizzard had done anything brand new, like the first, you know, new IP in a long time. Yep. If I mean, really probably since I don't even know what Starcraft or something. I don't even like IP wise. Like I, I think it was, I, I don't know what the last thing. I think the last Overwatch. the last new IP I think was Diablo. No, 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 wait. Starcraft. No, would have been, it would have been Starcraft. You're right. I think it's Starcraft. The anyway, original Starcraft. He was nervous, and it was cool to see that he actually cared. You know, but it was it just um, it, it just made me think like you know he cares so much about about you know this kind of thing yeah. and. What they're what they were going for was like his dream. It was the Avengers meets Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, in a shooting game, and they totally like had the vision and and nailed it. And whether you know, it, it's interesting to, it would be interesting to find out what Titan, you know, brought to this. I know that like Tracer came over from that game. Uh, uh, most that of the IP. early characters did. So Winston Tracer. Um... But that doesn't matter. Reaper. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, if anything, it's almost like uh, in ways I'm great grateful that it came out the way it did because we wouldn't have been playing Tracer. We would have been playing sort of Tracer archetypes or something because Tracer was right. she was a world leader. She was like uh, yeah, thrall, she'd be like a quest giver, right? Yeah, she's like something. she's like Jaina Proudmore or something. She's like a <laughs> faction leader, and you know, there's a lot of things that we know and don't know about what Titan was, but. I think part of the nervousness, and I've talked to Chris about this a few times, but this this idea when he got up on stage to introduce this was was twofold for him. One, they, he wanted the world to see that their first new IP since StarCraft One was was going to be a special thing, and and how much passion yeah. they'd thrown into it. But also, he knew it was the shadow of of Titan, another thing that he had thrown his whole soul into. Right. And um, you know, the way things turned out couldn't be better. That game's a multi billion dollar selling game, and yeah. and they. Uh, you know, the 150 million they sank into Titan, which seemed like a giant loss at the time, uh, is pennies now <laughs> compared to what they've yeah. made with Overwatch. So, so you know, in the end, it's all good. But I never can quite get away from this idea that art so matters to that game. Mm-hmm. And people always say, geez, what's with all the fan art and cosplay and like, yeah. quite frankly, tons of porn that what? are that are tied around Overwatch? And my answer is... It's because this stuff is so good to begin with. Everybody takes a piece of it and runs. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to know exactly why. But I I mean, honestly, the artists working on this game are probably some of the most talented people in the industry. I mean, the, the people that are actually coming up with the concepts for these characters, it's incredible. I mean, I don't even think you're seeing this kind of quality in in Hollywood right now, as far as oh, I, I completely agree. Even the original characters, like I'm looking at an image of the original lineup that, that launched. And it's like, these characters are all different shapes and sizes, they're all different colors. It's crazy. how the, the diversity and, but they're all, they all fit in the same world. You don't look at any of these characters and say, Oh, that guy doesn't fit. Yeah. Like they all fit. They how all does Roadhog fit. and yep. Tracer fit in the same universe? <laughs> they, they really shouldn't, but Somehow they do, yeah. and it's uh, it's great that you. I'm glad you mentioned that because even their one, they th- kind of threw a bone to uh, you know your Call of Duty or your 
your your yeah. typical Marine taking on the world kind of shooters and said, here's yep. Soldier 76. He's literally called Soldier and a number. <laughs> and so good luck. He has a sprint ability. He's got a rifle. Like, you know this guy. So good luck. Yeah. I like how you're like, just good luck. Yeah, you know, good luck to from, you. He's from another game. Yeah. He's not even from this if game. If you want to get weird later, we got all these weird characters, but have fun with him in the beginning. And then yeah. you, you get closer to 76 as a character and you realize, no, no, no. He's like way interesting and and yeah, way yeah. more fleshed out than some generic guy he's not your he's not your tutorial character after all he's he's something yeah. something much more than that he's he's like jim rayner in heroes he's so much more than a tutorial character he's like jaina in hearthstone there's just so much more to her in that game than she's your introduction and right. blizzard has never half-assed that stuff that's always been impressive to me so even him mr generic Mm-hmm. is not generic he's something else no. you know but they're all all these characters are kind of in some ways a little generic they're they're pretty straightforward it's like you know big guy with a shotgun you mm-hmm. know roadhog yep. bonk you know yep. it's like there's not you can describe each of these characters with like two words right which is weird i mean and like you say about the sort of the archetypes and the meta of the gameplay itself like they're going to be able to do all kinds of combinations. You know, if, if they, if they kind of go, I'm thinking, I'm hoping anyway, that they go the trajectory of here's the storm in the sense that they just keep adding, just keep adding characters, like just give us more because for me, you know, the rock, paper, scissors aspect of it just gets more fun. If, if you complicate it, just, you know, throw in more meta, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just bury me in characters so that I'm like, uh, do I want to be, you know, this grenade throwing character or that grenade throwing character you know what i mean like there's different kits but there's they could they can start to drill down into each of the characters and do like an offshoot like maybe there's another junker that they're going to do that's like in between roadhog and Junkrat or something like like that the the queen of the junker town place whatever her name is like i would love i would love that like yeah it's a really good point like another point to be made here and it's not so much about art but the rock paper scissors effect of their games all their games have been you yeah. know the starcraft was like the first real example of like oh my gosh how did you balance these three wildly different factions oh, yeah. and somehow they did it and those who think it gets uh more unbalanced the more characters you add i would argue i would rather have uh five pairs of scissors to counter your paper than one <laughs> right you know or or just just slight you know slight um variations on certain things like again here's the storm's great because if you want to be a healer you know there are tons now of characters that are healers and some of them are hybrids they're not all straight heals you know they're dps slash heals like depends on how you spec them so the amount of um not customization but kind of customization you know the, the decisions that are the choices you have to, as a player are just infinitely more you know just more uh, varied yeah. you know with more characters and so i, I think they're probably going to do that they probably won't be on the same release schedule as here's the storm because here's the storm's pumping out like a character every three weeks or something yeah so. no that's exactly what they're doing. in fact junk rat in there i I can't say enough about how great Junkrat is. Is he out yet? Yeah, he's out this Tuesday or uh, a couple days ago. Or uh, no, I guess I play two days that, ago. Man. He is amazing, I amazing. And I was already a little biased toward him, so I, you know, well, I'm he's probably my main. Yeah, he's my main in Overwatch. Like, yeah. I he's the go-to character. Same, if I just if same. I'm if it's six a.m. and I'm I'm barely drinking my coffee yet, I can I can play Junkrat and have fun. Oh, I love that, dude. I'm so with you on this. And the best thing about him is that they didn't they didn't make him 
exactly the same, but they also didn't make him wildly different. They've come up with a way to play him where it feels right, but it's also different, and it doesn't just feel like you're went from first person to three quarter view. It's right. it's really great, totally worth playing. Yeah. Can't wait. He's the chaos monster as always. Uh, anyway, well, I think that'll probably about do it for us. I I I love the perspective uh, from other artists about what Blizzard does. I've always said Blizzard is a company of artists first and everything else next. And they, they happen to be really good across the board, but man, if you look at the roots of that company, it's so much about cool kids with long hair, drawing rad stuff on paper and then turning (laughs) it into a video game. And I just, there's something about that. I completely relate to. Um, I know that you do as well. Uh, Before we go though, I'd love people to find your work and uh, figure out what makes you tick. Where would you like people to head to? Uh, well, my comic blocks you can read for free. Uh, it updates on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, pretty much every week. I'm ahead of schedule about a month now, so I've, I'm I'm good. Oh, it's well going to be every week for Jeez. a while. That's great. Uh, and that's that's plox plox dot com. Uh, and uh, I guess pretty much if you just follow me on Twitter at Steve Hammaker, uh, you can see the stuff I'm working on. I'm, uh, I'm a colorist for a couple of different projects. Um, Judd Winnick's Hilo is a kid's book that a kid's graphic novel series that I'm coloring. Hold on. Don't uh, go too fast. Judd Winnick of, uh, mm-hmm. of second yeah. season of, uh, uh, real world, yeah, 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 the real world fame, uh, Judd yeah. Winnick, the cartoonist, the guy I rooted for the whole time. Cause he was exactly. drawing. Yeah. No, and I, I was like in college when that, that show came out and I don't know if he hears this, he'll probably, he'll probably blush a little bit, but. I've never told him to his face, like how much of a fan of that show I was. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he gets that a lot. Like yeah. that's kind of his thing, you sure. know, sure. <laughs> it's one of his things. He's, he's a very successful, you know, comics uh, author now uh, on top of that. So yeah. he gets, he gets accolades for other stuff, but it's funny to see people, you know, come up to him. Oh God, Judd Winnick, <laughs> you know, cause he married Pam. I mean, he's married to Pam from the show. Yeah. Like, still married. They're, they're yeah, they doing met great. on the show. That's, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, and everybody remembers, you know, Pedro and, and, uh, unfortunately we, we remember Puck. Yeah. Puck, uh, freaking all, Puck. So. Yeah. Every once in a while he'll come in, but that was this, that was the season. And for, you know, young, uh, Gen Xers like ourselves, it was like a big deal that show. And I just remember thinking, oh dude, there's a cartoonist on here and he's like yeah. drawing like he does. He's doing what I want to do. And I was so excited to hear him. Yeah doing rad stuff now and you're working with him is really oh, must be awesome yeah. yeah it's great and he's really fun to work with he's a really good guy um uh terry moore is also a guy i work with he he's the strangers in paradise author mm-hmm. he's kicking that off again so he did like two thousand pages of strangers in paradise probably in the 90s all the way through i think 2007 was when he finished yeah. uh and he's kicking off like another kind of a short story uh sequel to that uh next year starting into 2018 so i'm just going to color the covers at this point so i'm trying to figure out a way to color the whole thing but it's it's a little expensive for for self-publishers to have a colorist like do you know hundreds of pages yeah uh so we're we're, but it's fun to work with these guys these kinds of guys um and uh yeah it's it's all good man and thanks so much for chat with me oh yeah heck yeah and don't forget follow him on twitter he'll post a lot of his stuff that he's working on uh, at steve hammaker as always and uh you can probably a lot of times just see him and wow you may run past him and not even know that was him because he's a he's a big fan of that and will always be like the rest of us uh thanks a lot steve and we'll do this again sometime man thanks man
thanks again to Steve. You guys check out his stuff. He's awesome. Steve Hammaker, everybody. Good man, that's Steve Hammaker. We got emails real quick. We got an email. Uh, got an email. Got an email from Sean from Pennsylvania. Home of the vampires in America. Ooh. Says, hey, Scott, love the new show. Was wondering what happened to the Frog Pants Overwatch tournament called Overpants. <laughs> you were planning on running. Is that still on? Would love to hear more about it. Sean from PA. Well, Sean from PA, Overpants is indeed still alive and well. Although, uh, we just haven't picked a time for it. It's going to be after BlizzCon. That I can promise in a week and a half, two weeks. Uh, but it will probably be before the end of the year. I'd love to do it in December sometime. So that's the plan. Who that will involve, how many teams, how you can enter, all that stuff. That's to be determined. TBD, as the kids say. Uh, so that's coming up soon. I'll let you guys know on that ASAP. And uh, we'll get that going. And that means, you know, teams from listeners, teams from uh, competitive podcasters, teams from all over the place, I guess. I'm going to have some people help me run this because I'm terrible at organizing crap like this, but I love when they happen. I love participating in them, and I will play in this one, but I don't want to uh, mess it up. So I'm going to have some smarter people than I who've had some experience with this uh, put that together. So watch for that coming soon. Very excited about it. If you'd like to send your own emails in, you can. Scott at Frogpants. Dot com. All right, frogpants.com slash exploding tire is our website. Please go there if you're looking for any information about anything. Google Play, iTunes, whatever. Scott at frogpants.com is my email address. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at exploding tire. Huge thanks to Skyhawk for our theme this week. Eric killed it. It is our new theme. I love it. I never want it to go away. It's amazing. So huge thanks to him. And thank you, everybody who supports us at patreon.com slash frogpants. Your help there is greatly appreciated for this show. It's going to do it for us. Thank you, guys. I'll see you next week. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.